war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, petro.com. It is Wednesday. This portion of the program brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Rhode Island's number one garden center is open. My goodness. Stop and see beautiful selection of pansies. It's Easter week. They have all your Easter plants, plus pansy flats, pansy bags, hangers, bowls, the assorted colors. I was there just the other day. It looks fantastic. You owe it to yourself. Take a ride to Rhode Island's number one garden center. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. They have tulips, hyacinthias, daffodils, hydrangeas, all colors available, blue, white, pink. They carry many landscape materials, also screen loom, black, brown, hemlock, and mulch, plus crushed stone. Look for them on Facebook. Folks, they are terrific. It's, it's, it's a local business. Shop local and visit them. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. They are, uh, I, I'm predicting they're going to have the biggest season they've ever had. It's a local business. They work very hard, family run. Look for them on Facebook. But right now, during Easter week, pop in and see them. Well, folks, I want to touch on um, the situation in New York. You know, this is one of those situations where the, the new mayor of New York, Mayor Eric Adams, just took over, former police officer, and this is one of those things. I think this is a pivotal story for him regarding the shooting that happened in New York. And he did an interview on the Today Show. And I know, you know, it's one thing, you know, people want to be the mayor, run for office. And then it becomes a point where, okay, you got the job. Are you going to do the job or you're not going to do the job? Are you, are you just along for the ride? Is, is that what it's going to be? Or are you actually going to try to do the job and improve the city? Listen to what went wrong. And this business of, and again, I understand he has COVID, he's quarantined. This is the mayor of New York on the Today Show with uh, Savannah Guthrie. Um, here we go. The camera at this particular train station was not working at the time. There were no uniformed officers at the time. And the New York Times reports a witness is saying even a police officer who responded to the scene, his radio wasn't working. So he had to ask others to call 911 for help. How frustrating is this for you, uh, and how do you explain those failures? Well, the MTA um, controls the uh, camera system. Uh, we have been cooperating with the MTA to find out what went wrong, if it was a feed problem, or what was the, what was the problem. And they have been extremely cooperative. Stop the tape. You're the mayor, okay? Don't start saying MTA. You're the mayor of blanking New York City. It should be, I want every camera working. It's not like you don't have them. What's the point of having cameras if they don't work? That's like having a smoke detector that doesn't have batteries. Stop saying, no, you're the mayor. Wake up. Stop going to nightclubs and stop parading around and giving out jobs. What an embarrassment. Well, you know, the camera. Hey, listen, you have the cameras. It's New York City. Is it asking too much and then the radio doesn't even work? The one that goes down there? What a disgrace. Hold on. It continues. You know, the camera at this particular train station was not working at the time. There were no uniformed officers at the time. And the New York Times reports a witness is saying even a police officer who responded to the scene, his radio wasn't working. So he had to ask others to call 911 for help. How frustrating is this for you, uh, and how do you explain those failures? Well, the MTA um, controls the uh, camera system. Uh, we have been cooperating with the MTA to find out what went wrong, if it was a feed problem or what was the, what was the problem. And they have been extremely cooperative. We want to zero in on what the problems are uh, because it's imperative for cameras to uh, operate. The transit system is a very complicated uh, system when it comes down to the use of technology. Uh, we just upgraded to having a Wi-Fi a few years ago with some of the stations. But because of the... It wasn't working. ...underground, uh, you know, from time to time, there is a malfunctioning. Oh. It doesn't happen often. Uh, I was a former transit cop. During the days when I was a transit cop, 
uh, it was well known that your radio didn't operate, uh, but we have gotten much better. And uh, Not I'm good enough. surprised to find out that we had a radio that was inoperative. And we would look into that because we always want to improve the technology uh, so that we can respond to these emergencies. And finally, Mr. Mayor, the crime rate in this city in March was up over 37% from a year ago. Shootings are up 16%. Wow. We've seen brutal crimes. I think of the, the girl, the young lady who was pushed into the oncoming train yep. in the subway station. You've made this a priority, improving public huh. safety. But level with New Yorkers, how long before they actually start seeing Wake these policies up. work and the crime rate come down. God. Uh, this is a crucial for me. Um, it's so important, as I say, to public safety. What a disappointment. Justice, they are the prerequisite to prosperity. Uh, I am, I say over and over again, I'm a hard grade on myself. Uh, I think it's, we got an eye uh, in progress. Uh, there's some serious things we are doing. Uh, number one, to stop the feeders of crime. Uh, this, these are generational problems. That What a disappointment. You know, not the guy. I thought he was. That He's just not the guy. Uh, folks, also, I want to report, um, Ted Nisi, Channel 12, Peter Narona, I'm going to play this later, told Kim Kalunian, two of the investigations involving the McKee administration, one into the Tony Silva land deal and the other into Bud Craddock, are both nearing conclusion. The McKee administration is just filled with investigations. And I also want to point out, again, that last week, as Bud Craddock was standing up there, with Governor McKee, and they were announcing the whole stupid license plate thing, uh, that no one from the media even asked about the fact that Craddock is still under investigation. Now, again, in fairness, I was unable to go. If I was there, I would have asked. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm criticizing because I, I don't understand. I'm surprised that no one asked about that. Now, regarding Governor McKee and this Superman, but I, I don't, this, this deal is not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it should happen. Governor McKee has become whatever he can do to try to get something. He is he's operating in fantasy land because there's so much money readily available that normally is not. And he doesn't care if it's a bad deal, if it's a terrible deal for taxpayers. He doesn't respect taxpayer money. He just throws it away. It's obviously he doesn't care that it's not his money. But this Superman deal, 111 Westminster, whatever, he wants it because he thinks it'll help him become governor. Alorza wants it because they're sick of the empty building. Stefan Pryor, Commerce, wants it because he wants to run. Everyone has an agenda here because he wants to run for general treasurer. But when you have Sabatoni and the laborers there and there's the developer there, that, that developer's been sitting back waiting for someone like McKee to come along. So $220 million and the number of apartments works out to each apartment cost basically close to 800000 And they're calling that low-income housing. Listen, this this is not a good deal for taxpayers. I predict there's too many levels involved. And frankly, the city and the state should not be involved with this. This is, again, this is another 38 studio type. I think 38 studios was 75 million. This is 220 million. Remember, then there are uh, they got to do a construction rewrite. This thing will end up becoming an endless money pit. It's not 220 million. It'll be four hundred and twenty million. It'll be five hundred and twenty million. There's all types of things that come into play. Uh, I know why Governor McKee wants to do it because he is so desperate. Anything he can do to try to throw money at a problem, that's how he solves things. And I, I'm not a defender of former Governor now Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, but anyone, if you just have a big bank of money or a big pile of money and you don't care how you throw it out, I mean anyone can. That's not leadership. That's not working out a good deal for the taxpayers by any stretch of the imagination. That's how Governor McKee is operating, right? This isn't this isn't a good deal for taxpayers. No, this is the free open market. I, I don't, there's too many layers to this. And when you get the city involved and the state involved and tax credits, and then now they're trying to bring in affordable housing, this begins and ends with the developer, period. And this business that we have to preserve this building and blah, blah, blah. It's too expensive. It's too expensive. Other cities have knocked down buildings. This is someone, if this developer, High Rock, if they had made a fortune off this, if they bought it and then a few years later flipped it, do you think they'd be sharing that money with the state? No. No, Governor McKee, the fact that, you know, Alors is standing up there with him yesterday, 
you know, he got it done and everything else. It, this goes back to like the contract with the Providence teachers. We got it done. What'd you get done? It's the same contract. And then you gave them all $3,000. That's not a, that's not a successful negotiation. Folks, on this Wednesday, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Hey, listen, it's Holy Week. They have everything you need for Easter. They have delicious calzones. They have Easter baskets, wandy trays, stop-in, chocolate-frosted donuts, cupcakes. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, right off of Silver Spring Street. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., Stop in and see them at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Make it a great day at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. And don't forget, free coffee for police and our military and first responders. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. The problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24-hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401 732 6562 they're helpful trustworthy reliable explore their services look for them on facebook and the website is recooganheating.com residential services as coogie says let us into your home don't fix it alone plumbing heating and cooling from winter to summer trained technicians provide 100 service one customer at a time from service calls maintenance agreements installation re coogan heating proud to help residential customers and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority call them today now it's cold it's going to remain cold call coogan heating today 401-732-6562 it's coogie it's 24-hour emergency service hey not long ago our hot water tank gave out what did i do did i panic did i try to fix it i called coogan heating 401 732-6562 732-6562 look for them on facebook and then the website is recooganheating.com folks you're listening to the john DePietro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipietro.com joining me right now he is a columnist with the boston globe it is dan mcgowan and uh dan you know i doesn't seem that long ago what it is, but it was that that Democrat primary, gubernatorial Democrat primary debate when uh, then General Treasurer Gina Raimondo, in addressing uh, Providence Bay Angel Tavares, asked the question, do you see cranes in the sky, empty Superman building, economic malaise? And uh, boy, that building, I, and your colleague pointed out, nine years vacant. And then yesterday, very anxious to hear some of your thoughts on this pep rally style uh press conference they had yeah i mean it's very interesting you know it, it reminds me go back to that 2014 campaign remember gina had gina Ramundo had that that famous campaign commercial where tommy her her youngest son was you know riding his bike with a superman cape on and said yep. you know mom's gonna fix the super we're gonna fill the superman building um one of her you know one of the her very clear-cut misses as governor right uh she just didn't get it done and um and tried and you know they, they had lots of negotiations over the years with big companies paypal samsonite yeah. um and just Hasbro, of course and couldn't get it done and now you come out and you listen to that press conference yesterday i mean you know you we used to think that commerce secretary stefan Pryor was just really close with gina Raimondo, so he was so bullish on her i mean you'd forget that she even existed yesterday because right. uh governor mckee got you know so much praise and so as did mayor lorza in many ways you know look i think this is a, this is a tough spot because for listeners out there, it drives everybody crazy when a developer or a builder, you know, a, a property owner, um, you know, kind of, ha- you know, controls, um, you know, or holds lots of the cards, so to speak, right? And and in this case, you've got a developer who has an empty building, yeah. but pays, you know, pays the property taxes, uh, you know, is in that way at least an okay kind of you know corporate tenant. Um, and complains a lot, but you know, when you're paying the taxes, it's really hard to, to really do anything. And this guy, uh, David Sweetser, who bought the building, you know, many years ago, you know, when Bank of America was still in it, um, he held out as long as he could. And now it seems like he's getting, 
you know, a pretty generous deal. Forget pretty. It's a very generous very deal. Very generous deal. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not convinced that we even fully comprehend how generous this deal is because yes. for all the subsidy that we know about, there's some state money, there's, you know, there's city money coming in. We know the Rhode Island Foundation is coming in. There'll be lots of historic tax credits. You know, the big one here is the one that they don't have a price tag for yet, which is Providence is being asked to approve a 30-year tax break for this. That's, by the way, like pretty much in line with what the mall got, <laughs> uh, you know, which is a, obviously a much more significant project. Um, that could be, John, tens of millions of dollars yeah. um, additional uh, here that that you know that that the developer would save money on. So it, it, this is going to be you know yesterday sounds like one of those days where everybody's on the same page. This is going to get uglier as it goes, yeah. um, and I don't think it's a guarantee. My if you were asking me if, if you asked me to bet on it, I would say it's it's a close call. I think there's probably a way to get it done, but it is not a guarantee because I think the Providence City Council now is going to step in and uh, they're going to try to negotiate their best deal. Yep. Uh, and, and we could talk about that, but there, there, there's going to be a lot, there's a lot of negotiate and negotiating that still has to happen to make sure this project gets done. And David McGowan, you write about that in roadmap, the Providence city council, they're the ones that hold the cards. Um, I, I think this thing is going to fall apart. And, and if, by the way, if, if Gina Raimondo, if she had had the, the, you know, this type of financial to me, governor McKee, he just looks to throw as much money as he possibly can at any deal simply to get it over the finish line doesn't mean that it's a good deal. It just means he throws a lot of money at it. Uh, I think <clears throat> this thing's going to come apart with the, the Providence city council, but they, they're the ones that hold all the cards. here. Yeah. The, and here's why the council is the one, right? It's the city that gets property taxes. It's not a state thing. Right. And, and so the council is going to be asked to approve what sounds like it will be a 30 year tax break. You know, the way it works is you pay a little bit of taxes up front and then you gradually increase it until, you know, the building is filled and you're in theory one day paying full taxes. The thing about the council, it, it, it can be very finicky. I think there's a lot of people who overlook the council, including by the way, I think our, our both our governor and the uh, house and the Senate leadership you know, you always think, oh, it's kind of the goofy city council that's part time and just, you know, you'll win them over. Right. You'll throw them a fun. And they'll come around and they'll come around. The thing about this is they have so much power here because if they say no to this deal, um, you it can't happen. And so. Yeah. You know what you have right now is a couple of things at play. You've got a you've got a, a generally pretty progressive council that is going to get a lot more progressive in yep. the next election. So you've got all these guys, the ones who are running for re-election, they're worried about their opponents, so they're going to have to weigh in on, on lots of those factors. But then, even more than that, if I'm a handful of these council members, including by the way, Nirva LaFortune, a mayoral yep. candidate. Yep. I want to start having this conversation about what else do we get out of it? And there's a way, yeah. there's a way, John, to say, hey, if we're going to approve this, uh, we need the state to approve, I don't know, let's say five million more every year in state aid for us. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and by, so then that comes out of the state taxpayers money and goes to the city. There is a lot of negotiating that's going to happen here. I think what a lot of the those state leaders are thinking is, the council tends to be a cheap date. Again, throw a few fundraisers, you know, uh, uh, name a park, do these kind of little things, and you'll win them over. I'm not convinced that that will be the case in this. I, I think the council knows it's got it, it's got a lot of control here, and it can get a lot out of this deal. Yeah, I'm already seeing also, by the way, State Senator Tara Mack, you know, how come that's my district? I wasn't invited to the press briefing. Yep. Uh, you know, people are thrown around affordable housing. If you take 220 million divided by the number of apartment units, it comes out to every apartment would be a little under 800. Yeah, 770 I, or something like that. Right? Yeah. I, I think it's the progressives in the affordable housing part that I believe is really going to get this thing stuck. But Dan McGowan, let's just step back for a moment. And um, <clears throat> boy, the 
the motivation of politics and legacy. Who'd think yesterday? I mean, I I want to hear your thoughts on the fact that Mayor Lorza was there and saying, you know, Governor McKee got it done. And and I think for Governor McKee, he views it as, you know, kind of punches the ticket, checks the box, trying to become governor, Stephen Pryor for general treasurer. But touch on Mayor Lorza there yesterday, you know, and praising Governor McKee. Yeah, I mean, it's a far cry from only a couple of months ago when we thought it he was going to take a swing at the governor. Right, um, what a fire. You know, You've got to face the community. That's right. I, I think you just nailed it. I think there's a legacy builder here. The mayor knows that he has, he has spent his entire career as the mayor, two terms, eight years now as mayor, and nothing has happened in that building. And, you know, he would say, and, and he would be right about this, he would say, Look, when Gina Raimondo was was the governor, she wanted to control economic development in this city and, and largely this state, but really this yep. city. And and I made the conscious choice to to allow her to kind of do what she needed to do, and she didn't get it done. That yep. th- that that is now you could say that's a, the wrong move by the mayor, but it was a decision that he made. But then he sits here and he's thinking about you know his legacy. He's thinking about. What's yeah. next for me? How am I going to be remembered? And he, re- he, even though he can be sometimes oblivious to the way people think of him, he knows, he knows that he, he, you know, right now, a lot of people think of him as, you know, the, the bike lane mayor or, yeah. you know, the, the crime giving mayor. Giving meters. Yeah. Yes. Giving meters, things ATVs. like this. And he, and he then looks at this and says, you know what? This is a, it, it would, if it, if it works, it obviously would put more people right downtown uh, this is something that I want to be a part of. And in theory, right, he gets to potentially cut the, or probably not cut the ribbon, but I mean, uh, you know, put the, the shovel in the ground to begin the project, all that kind of stuff uh, before he leaves. I think this is absolutely a moment for him to, you know, be thinking about his legacy. And so, yeah, he's on board. And, you know, I will say, the this would have been an easy thing to almost cut him out of the deal. You could have had, the governor, Stephen Pryor, and then work with the city council and the legislature to get this done. I think it was a smart move because what you don't want is, you know, a mayor who has nothing to lose, uh, you know, standing in the way of the project, you know, for the entire final year of his term. Instead, they got him on board and he knows that this could be very meaningful for him. And if it doesn't pan out, he won't be the main way. He can always say, look, that was Gina Raimondo and Dan McKee's fault. Sure. And it fell apart. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service. Over 20 years' experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And uh, Dan McGowan, I'm very anxious to hear, he's being honest, folks, but you were a moderator for the uh, Providence mayoral debate. Uh, Take us inside what that was like. Uh, your observations of how the candidates did in um, I think as time goes along this first of all this is like the real we're saying it's primary but it's really the election whoever wins is the mayor so I I think um, once we get into July and August this thing will especially August really start to heat up but uh, I'm very anxious to hear your your thoughts on on this mayoral debate well John first of all the uh, the there's something that you probably don't even remember but you told me this years ago I was doing a a fill-in for a, a radio show uh, many years ago. And, you know, I asked you for a little bit of advice. And I think you said something to the effect of, it, 
you know, it can be, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's tiresome. It's a lot of hours that you have to fill. And what I learned yesterday from a two hour mayoral debate, that, is, long. that is wow. a long time it to is. be talking and asking questions and trying to keep people awake, quite yeah. frankly. Um, wow. you know, this was the, this was the first, what you got last night was the first time you've seen Michael Solomon in public wow. and, you know, former city council president, uh, he, he seems to be very serious, uh, you know, about running, even though I've been a little bit skeptical of that. Um, you know, what, what you got was, to some degree, a little bit of what you expected. Uh, you know, Brett Smiley's kind of the guy who, uh, he's the sharpest one of, right. of the bunch, right? He, he kind of knows the issues really well. He's, he's quick and, um, you know, kind of shows how competent he was. I think he met whatever bar he needed to cross, I think, in that room. You know, you were largely, I think, a Brett Smiley near the LaFortune crowd. Uh, and speaking of the councilwoman, uh, I should say she impressed me last night. Uh, I've been down on, on the councilwoman. She's probably the most progressive candidate in this race and is yep. also the, um, you know, it, it, but but has, and she's another East Sider like Brett Smiley. But she's she's struggled to raise money. And, you know, she, her, her campaign has been you know a little uh, kind of all over the place. But. You, you could see from her performance last night that she's somebody who, you know, when she's knocking on the doors, you could see how she makes kind of a deep connection with residents. Um, you know, she was, she, she, uh, one, one, a moment where I think she stood out last night. I asked them about school resource officers in the Providence schools. This is always a controversy. Should you have cops in schools basically? Um, and most people, I should say many people would say, yes, of course, you know, high school kids, certainly uh, probably at the middle school level too. You know, she made a, a pretty uh, impassioned kind of uh, argument about, you know, why she doesn't think there needs to be these, these school resource officers. You could see she had thought a lot about it. She's very emotional. Um, and, you know, I, I do, I think her message read with that crowd last night. Then you've got the two others. You've got Gonzalo Cuervo who, you know, is not the most charming individual kind of on his feet, but, you know, he, he did show his ability to uh, really kind of, um, you know, understand the, the basic kind of the, the day-to-day stuff that a mayor is going to do. I thought he was pretty good and self-reflective about you know, some of the stuff that he, he wishes he could have done more while he worked for uh, Mayor Cicilline and Mayor uh, Tavares. Uh, and by the way, he's also the one candidate who was pretty, who is, uh, extremely vocal about his opposition to this Superman deal. So he, he kind of, he stood out by the way, that's a tough room for that. You know, this was hosted by, you know, the globe, but also the, 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 the jewelry district association, right. downtown neighborhood association. This is a room that was pro Superman building. Let's be yes. very clear. And Gonzalo stood up and, and was very clear that he has serious questions about it. You know, Michael Solomon's an interesting one. He was not nearly as prepared, I think, as the other candidates. But the thing that, that I find most interesting about him is he can make a very credible argument that eight years ago, he, in fact, was the best candidate for mayor uh, and had really good ideas. He was ready for that moment. He was um, leading. It was his was, race. Yeah, leading the race until until you, you saw Buddy get in and Brett Smiley drop out. He, he, but it is almost like he's erased that from his memory and he's kind of starting over. And I think that's a problem for him because he needs to remind these people that, hey, I was here. I was actually a pretty good council president. I, you know, I stood with a Perez, who's you know, still very popular as mayor of Providence. Um, but so, so he was probably the weakest of the bunch. Um, I'm not sure that it completely changed anybody's minds. I, I think that Brett Smiley remains probably the favorite in this race. But again, I was pretty impressed with Councilwoman LaFortune. I think she's she's somebody who uh, I could see her breaking through as kind of a hit candidate. Mm. You know, it's interesting, Dan. And again, folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Gonzalo staking out. So would that be fair to say he, as you're saying, he was the most opposed to it by far yes by far you know that that's interesting that right out of the box he jumps there is that i mean if, if you're nelly gorbea i don't think you want to see this this project go forward is that really opposed to it or is he being astute and sees the potential benefit of being the first one and very adamant against it it's a really good question it, uh it's, it's a mix of both uh 
I, I think he does see the opening of, you know, yeah. well, everybody else cheerleads this. Um, I know, you know, in, in Gonzalo's probably right about this to some degree. I know if, if I'm him, I know how voters think about subsidies, right? You go to a door and you say, you know, you would just explain that, you know, we're going to collect your taxes and expect to pay quarter or, or every year your property tax or your car tax or whatever. Um, but you know what? We're going to give the, the developers downtown, you know, millions of dollars of, of relief, right? That never plays well with, with people, you know, just your average person, no matter where they are in the state, but certainly in Providence. And so I think he sees the opening there. The other fa- factor of this is, though, he is right. It's what we were talking about in the last segment. You know, he, he's, he understands that if he were mayor, he'd be ne- trying to negotiate the best deal possible. And, you know, negotiating from a point of, hey, I'm really skeptical is a lot better because you get more than you know, when, when the Red Sox are trying to make a trade. They don't show how they don't show their cards about how much they you know, want a Trevor story or, or you know, right. somebody they they play it cool. Right. We'll give you this. And, 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 and so, you know, these other guys, the governor, the mayor, everybody that, that wants to get this done is, you know, jumping to sign on. What, what Gonzalo Cuervo is saying is, hey, wait a minute, I'm a little bit skeptical. He probably knows you could get a better deal out of this. Um, and so I think it's a smart, I think it's both smart politically, and I think it's a smart kind of policy view. Um, and, it, and it gives you the difference, right? They're all Democrats. They're all left of center. You know, so it's some variation of progressive that these guys are. He's the one person that's stepping up and saying, hey, I'm different. I oppose this project. My opponents support it. It, I think it's a really smart move kind of all the way around. Yeah, and I, I think that's going to gain some momentum. Uh, if the progressives get in, which they will, and let's face it, you know, uh, you know, you have a <clears throat> wealthy white male developer and you have McKee and you have Stephen Breyer and they're all on board with it. I, I think this thing could start. How was the crowd last night, Dan McGowan? Were they engaged? Was it what you would expect or are there – some people there with an open mind or all the camps already, already established. You know, I joked that I was doing my best to keep everybody awake last night because it, it is, as you know, you've done debates before. Yeah. You, you want to kind of mix in the, you know, the pressing, uh, you know, issues of the moment, crime, yeah. the Superman building. But, you, you know, you also have to ask a lot of kind of in the weeds questions. And I would say, I thought this is a, a more engaged group than most, right? These are, like I said, downtown business owners, it's, you know, kind of the East side crowd. So it was certainly a crowd that, you know, is taking this very seriously. Um, Whenever you get these debates, I think you see, uh, you you know, you usually fill the room with your supporters. So there was a lot of people that had had already made a decision, but from what I understand, there were thousands of people watching it or have watched it online. Wow. Um, so, so, which is a really good sign. I think yeah. this is this is that first chance, and you're, you know, the, the TV stations will have this too, you know, at some point relatively soon. It's kind of the first chance to really figure out who these guys are, yeah. and 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 the one woman candidate near Villa Fortune. And so, I think there is a little bit of an open mind, at least in the sense of, okay, maybe you know, use. I'll give you a great example. Uh, very well known developer Buff Chase was in was in the room yeah. last night. Um, he is a pretty public supporter of Councilwoman LaFortune's, but wow. he, yeah, he, he, he's probably her biggest supporter. Wow. Um, I would think he's in the smiley camp. Yeah. Huh. Very, very interesting. He's one of the, the East Siders that's kind of, that, that has, you know, gone in a different direction, but to your point, he's also a smart guy who understands, you know, that, that it's possible she won't win. And so hmm. guys like him, Joe Palino was there. The former mayor was there. Oh yeah. I, I think these are people who, you know, are looking at this and really trying to decide, all right, well, I want my, you know, my, my one, a choice, but who's the right next choice and how is this right. looking and who are, and are these guys ready? And I think what they found last night was, I think they probably all left the room thinking the same thing as me. Brett Smiley's probably the favorite, but you know, close right there with them probably near Villa Fortune and Gonzalo Cuervo and I think Mike Solomon's a little bit of a step back behind everybody else yeah you know she that that'd be interesting if she could emerge and really catch fire I've seen her at shootings in uh you know there's definitely the potential there she's gotten enough press she certainly has 
kind of a unique story to tell. Yep. That that that's an interesting candidacy. Gonzalo though going against the Superman building. I I think that's a wise move on on his part. Why why just join jump in with them? Right. Right. No, just, I I agree. I, I completely take out of territory. Be against it. Yeah. So yeah. there's value there, folks. A quick break. Much more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus for heating and cooling. Call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist for the Boston Globe. Dan, anxious to hear your thoughts. I saw your tweet saying that if things don't work out politics for Dan McKee, he could then become an editor. Um, I want to know what you thought of the question. To me, that was a set response. He was waiting for it. If if I, I was a little surprised, I think the, the media was almost taken. Now, it, granted, in fairness, I, I had a conflict. I couldn't go. I wish I had been there. Um, it was a very fair question. I, if, if that's the way he's going to treat questions, um, I, I think he's got a long summer ahead of him. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the whole, you know, let's see who's going to have the courage to write that story. Yeah, you know, and I did. I, I tweeted. I was annoyed by by yes by his sort of uh, reaction to that. And and you you just summed it up really well. Dan McKee has been wanting to use yeah. that sentence or that line. Who's going to have the courage? Who's going to write it when 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 nothing when happens? When you come up empty. When you right we, as though the media is the one that's you know. Randall pointed out it's the FBI investigating you. Well, right. I, I always try to tell politicians that get so mad at, at, at us in the media, we don't have subpoena power. Right. <laughs> we don't have charging power here, right? Um, yeah, I think the governor, I mean, you saw it. I think you pointed it out. I mean, he kind of Ooh. smirked and then repeated it, right? He felt good about what he was he saying. Felt really good. Walk back. Could have could have left. Walk back. I'm going to repeat. Yeah. Out Crandall. Here's the problem with, 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 with this is, he thinks that the the only problem here is if 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 somebody is you know not if everybody is not charged with the crime that means everybody was perfectly innocent and he is not a he, he is not right first of all he's not he's just factually inaccurate about that there is no question that at the very least uh, there was, you know, I think a questionable way of of giving a contract to a preferred vendor, a friend of the governor. So there is no question that that happened. And even if there is no crime, he's going to have this, you know, hanging over his head for the entire year. He's going to have it hanging over his head even more because you have you know, when, when the politicians, when, the, when his opponents see how. Um, upset he gets at he gets uh, about the, this line of questioning in, in these questions they're just gonna razz him more just think about what a PPAC you know on stage yeah. debate is gonna look like when you're gonna have the governor of Rhode Island uh, you're gonna have you know the channel 12 guys who broke the story asking yep. the questions and then you're gonna have Helena folks Matt yep. Brown uh, Nelly Gorbea all firing right at him is he really going to convince anybody that this is just a media conspiracy? So I, I think he's got a real problem here, and it's because he misses the concept that um, you know that this is that the only way this is bad for him is if somebody ends up in handcuffs. It's just that's just not how this works. By the way, John, the other thing about this, and I've kind of been saying it to a lot of people this week, is. 
you know, there is a, there's a, a, an argument that I would say to the governor is, you know, you got to put your big boy pants on here. You're, you're yep. the governor of Rhode Island. Uh, every politi- every high-ranking politician in the state uh, forever in any state faces tough questions. You always face some question about, you know, who did something in your administration, corruption or, you know, some version of, of that. And to be so sensitive about, you know, how this, this stuff goes, this is how journalism works. You chose to be the governor. You chose to run for office. You've chose to run again. Uh, you got to face some scrutiny. And, you know, th- this is no different than how, you know, Gordon Fox was treated, how Mayor right. Cicilline was treated in private, yeah. certainly Buddy. And, and, Yancey! Oh, my yeah. God. Operation Pondero, it had its own name. Exactly. But McGowan, what am I missing? How come the media really covered that? Because I was there the night that Cianci said, you're not going to find any stains on this jacket, and I'm going to fight this all the way to the hate. And those quotes led the local newscast yep. and even like the you know media coverage the next day do you think is the local media and i know it's tough to ask you but were people somewhat intimidated or is local television maybe afraid he won't agree to a debate if they push this because i mean i immediately grabbed that clip and posted it but it almost seems as if everyone kind of gave am i missing something gave, gave him a pass on it a little bit no i john i think you're right i'm not sure okay. i'm not sure the reasoning for it uh what i would say is one i think this is like getting you know kind of punched in the face without knowing it i think the you know you, you get stood up a little bit i think there was just an, like an initial maybe shock you know brian crandall good guy and, a, and, a, and is a good reporter you know your question asks a very fair question usually his you know he's prepared for the response of uh you know we're not going to comment on the investigation we're going to let it play out um and completely real i would have probably been the same way prepared for that for that line of response you know you get punched in the mouth a little bit and you got to think very quick on your feet you know you're a little surprised you're wondering what your colleagues are thinking and you don't quite get the follow-up and i think to, to the point of why doesn't this end up on, you know, the, why isn't this leading the two, you know, major television stations kind of newscast? Well, think about it. On one hand, Channel 12's broken all the stories about this, right? So what they are, what they're very uh, nervous about over there is the, the idea that Governor McKee, you know, constantly complains that they're out to get him. So they don't want to overdo it, right? They don't want to be the guys who say, you know, who are really piling on because they've got the goods. They've done the good reporting. And and I think they don't want to be seen as piling on. I think, I I do. I think Channel 10 might've been just a little bit caught off guard, but you're right. I mean, anytime a, the governor kind of strikes out against the local media, especially in a place like Island where we all know each other, right? I mean, it is so easy to get access to any of these, these politicians, including the governor, um, this was this was one where the governor kind of landed a punch and the media didn't fire back in any way. And it was your Brian Amaral of the Globe that, again, that was a fair question. What should the people of Rhode Island take of this? But he was, you know, somehow practiced it. By the way, I don't think it's a good line, Dan McGowan, because he made it personal when you, yep. pointing, come up empty and then blah, blah, blah. It was it's the most defiant I've seen him. Uh, but the, the problem with these stories that I have seen is the talking points to work on a Monday. Once there's a leak and more info comes out, it, it doesn't work on a Wednesday. You know, yeah. As I had said, you know, CNC, he, he had it down when it was just Joe Pannoni and David Ede. I don't know these people. I manage all these people. I can't know everybody. Th- those talking points didn't work when Channel 10 leaked the Frank Correnti tape. That's exactly <laughs> it was happening. It was cheap of staff. And then suddenly, you know, they go AWOL. So. He may feel good about that and definitely had a little, you know, step in his stride at the press briefing yesterday. But, but you I, know, what? I, I go back to this, John. Here's because you're, you're exactly right. First of all, you don't know, and there's no way. Look, if anyone, there, there are a couple of factors here. If anyone is charged with a crime, I don't care who it is on either side, even if the governor has no clue who they are. That's that's it for the governor. It's over. If if, if anybody gets charged, I think his campaign is pretty much, you know. Uh, it, it's pretty much over. And, and I think 
the the challenge here though is is like go back to that <laughs> there there are just other uh you know ways this can play out that still hurt him and he wants this to be you know media out to get me the problem is the voters of Ireland are not going to see it that way and it's going to only get worse and going to make him look worse especially like in those debates also, and again, in fairness, I, I, I wasn't there. I'm not criticizing those who were there. But both him and Craddock are standing up there. They're both under investigation. Craddock's still being investigated by the state police. And as far as Governor McKee, Dan McGowan, unless we're missing something, some friends of his literally form a company as he's walking in and getting sworn in. He walks them through and then awards them $5 million. I mean, again, you make that buddy CNC and – make that a developer downtown and people are screaming up and down so he can get angry uh, all he wants. I have one more final question before I let you go. Um, the GOP candidate, Ashley Collis, she did sit down and it's uh, the podcast series that the Globe has. I- I'm curious to hear your thoughts on her. You know, I was surprised in some ways at, in my head, I thought in listening to her, I could see where, she could resonate uh, and I could see a scenario where, uh, you know, kind of the angry mother, suburban mother kind of can come through and, and potentially make a real compelling case. I will say I didn't feel like and this is not just with uh, with, you know, her interview with Ed Fitzpatrick, but it's it's her initial p- appearances uh, with a lot of media. She's just not up to the issues yet, right? She just yeah. she's not ready yet for prime time. She kind no. of fumbled a little bit about you know who her favorite Republican governor or Republican politician in Rhode Island, um, you Ooh. know, is or was, uh, and, and so you know she just look she's not from here, and so yeah. it is it is a very difficult thing. That all of that being said, I do you know first of all I think automatically. As long as the Republican candidate is remotely credible, I think you automatically start with, you know, 40 percent of the vote or, 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 or something right. close to that. And so, you know, you start to look at these Democrats and you, you know, you watch Dan McKee stumble a bit. You kind of you've got these other ones who aren't completely impressive and, you know, haven't stood out yet. And she potentially kind of can can be the person actually like her idea of uh, she had you know early on. Uh, she was, you know, going to the gas stations and kind of yes. voters. I think those gimmick, yeah. those gimmicky things, yeah. that's what's going to get you a little bit of attention. And, um, you know, she, she does come across as kind of a moderate Republican. Yeah. That plays re- really yeah. well. Around. So I'm not counting her out yet, but she definitely just she's just not up to the Rhode Island issues just yet. No, it's a real uphill climb. And also, you know, just the way and again, I, I've met her. Um, again, I, highly likable, obviously successful, but just even the, you know, the fact that she was involved with COVID testing the other night, Tucker Carlson announces, you know, he didn't get the vaccination. <laughs> so you still have this part of the Republican party that are like tone deaf on COVID and they, so anyone that was involved with the business, it's like, oh, but now again, I, I don't think they have any other home to go to. So That's right. Kind of and, bring and them along. And you're always going to have, you know, the thing about this is the good news is, you know, if you get through a Republican primary without without an opponent, you know, all you have to do now is be right of whoever the candidate, you know, that that wins the Democratic primary. Um you know, all you just have to be to, to their right to, to really engage the base. You're not going to have to have, you know, it's not like the Democrats are going to criticize her for being involved in testing or vaccinations. They're even more supportive of that stuff that, than, uh, than she probably is. So you don't have a ton of tax. What will the biggest mistake that a Democrat could make in this race, I think, would be, you know, trying to kind of tie her to Donald Trump, because here's the thing, she's not going to want to be tied to Donald Trump. But if a bunch of Democrats are saying, oh, we can't let our, you know, a Republican Trump person, you know, in here, that is going to engage, I think, the more conservative base in Rhode Island. And they're going to say, you know what, it's okay, she's not, she's not far to the right, but she's my only choice. And she's certainly more conservative than you know, Nellie Gorbea, uh, yeah. and and I think it could potentially help her. So again, oh. I'm not counting her out yet. I think she has a lot of work to do, but yeah. if she's serious about spending the money that she seems to be saying she wants to spend, uh, she can be a credible candidate. John Robitaille managed to get very close 
uh, spending a fraction of that amount. Two of money. and a half points. Yeah. yeah. The race had gone two more weeks. He would have caught him. Folks, each day I do start in my inbox. I get roadmap. Uh, there's links to everything I didn't even mention. And the, the Globe coverage has been great. I love the fact that behind the scenes of what was really going on with Tom Brady and the yeah. soccer match. And, boy, he's another one to watch. Always thinks he's a step ahead, you know, going to do what uh, was almost going to do, try to do ownership with the Dolphins and then make his comeback that way. Dan McGowan, if you'd be so kind to explain to people right now, folks, it's very simple how you can start getting roadmap tomorrow delivered right to your inbox. You get an email. It's free. It tells every day. It tells me something I don't know. And then links to stories that I want to read more about. Yeah. I keep saying it. I always say it's free, quick and new. Uh, and those are the best things that you could have, right? You just wake up in the morning, you read your email, you learn a little bit about Rhode Island, you get all the links to my column and all the stories that my colleagues are doing at the Globe about Rhode Island. And then you even get more. You get the, the national coverage happening in Massachusetts, certainly the best sports you know, uh, team, I think, in, in America in many ways. So you get lots of, of, of that uh, coverage. You get a rundown of what's happening today. Where's the governor going to be? What's the big meeting at the state house? So all you have to do, send me a blank email. You don't even have to write anything in the subject line. RINews at globe.com. RINews at globe.com. I'll know what it is, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Dan, great job as always. We'll talk to you again. Have a good one, John. Thank you. Into Brood Awakenings and discover the Brood difference. Two locations in Johnston, also in Cranston, Pontiac Avenue, and then also Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Brood Awakenings, they're local, fresh ingredients, cozy environment, great comfortable chairs, delic- delicious breakfast sandwiches, lunch, great drinks and coffee, and plenty of room to spread out and meet people. I'll see you, and you'll discover the brood difference at Brood Awakenings. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Check out the website, dipietro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there. And that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, DePetro.com. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website, DePetro.com, the Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate. 401-688-0517. Get a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're cleaning out your basement, your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brothers Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brothers Disposal. 401 401- 688-0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Look for them on Facebook, Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway, 401-688-0517.